You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All, and I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We're a Pinterest management company based out of Portland, Oregon. But I also have this podcast where I help you DIY your Pinterest marketing in simple, actionable tips. Today's episode is all about how to use Pinterest to market your TPT, Teachers Pay Teachers, store. We do have another episode about how to use promoted pins with Teachers Pay Teachers, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But we don't have an episode that outlines all the basics, how to really get it up and running, and how to market it effectively. Is it to your blog or is it to the store? Today, I'm going to be interviewing Shelly Reese of Appletastic Learning. We're going to go over all the basic questions from setting up your profile, creating the right boards, and all the way into strategy. And we'll wrap it up by answering some of your most burning questions. These are questions we asked in the Facebook group for those who were in there that are TPT clients who really wanted to figure out how to maximize their strategy, or frankly, how to even get started. So there's two things I'd love for you to do after you listen to this episode. Share it, number one, with any of your friends who are Teachers Pay Teachers sellers. Maybe they are not using Pinterest yet. Maybe they don't know how to use Pinterest, or frankly, they're just confused. Share this episode with them. You can go to simplepinmedia.com slash 117. You'll find all the show notes and you can share it over there. Or you can use the share feature in your podcast player. I listen to everything through Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and it's the little square with the up mark. Go ahead and share it with them so they can hop over and listen to this interview that I have with Shelly. And with that, we'll dive in. Hey, Shelly, thanks so much for joining me today on the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you, Kate. I am so excited to be here and to share uh, what I know about Pinterest and um, just talk to you in general. Yeah, you and I first met actually at the TPT conference. We had a drink together with Natalie Ekdahl of Biz Chicks, and it was so fun to get to know you in that setting. I mean, I was like blown away with the TPT conference. It was like, whoa, there's a lot of teachers in one place. I know. It was awesome. And I just remember sitting down with you and Natalie and it felt like we had known each other for a very long time. Just yes. the conversation was very easy. Um, it was. So it was wonderful. Yeah, it was super great. Well, let's dive into what we're going to be talking about today. And I'd love for you first to tell the audience a little bit about you and how you got started as a TPT seller. Sure. So back in the beginning of 2014, I was teaching full-time in the classroom. I was fifth grade and I had been teaching for 23 years. And um, our family was a little strapped for cash because my husband was out of work. And I just wanted to earn a little bit of extra income and also just kind of explore the world of Teachers Pay Teachers. And so I set up a shop and um, things just kind of took off from there. It was pretty amazing. And so I just really delved in. I remember working till about 2.30 every night, and then I'd get up and go to school and teach. And just, I was very, very driven and um, 
just to feel like I was making a difference with teachers and students all around the world has really been a driving force in what I do as well. Okay, cool. I love it. So then are you still teaching full-time? I am not. About two years ago, I left the classroom to take care of my business full-time. And um, our family actually moved from Pennsylvania to Wyoming. Yes, this past that's right. Year. Yes. And my husband works with me here at home. Wow. Okay. So then in all of this, when did Pinterest enter into the scene? I was actually very fortunate because I discovered very early on, um, I said I started um, on TPT in January of 2014. I discovered early on, like by February, that uh, Pinterest was really important to getting my my resources seen by a larger audience. And I didn't do things right from the start. And that's kind of a point I really want to emphasize. It's okay if you don't do things perfectly. You just have to start somewhere. And so I didn't do things exactly correct, but I did discover early on that um, tall pins and not covers were important. And um, just to make sure that I was pinning things correctly. Would you say at that time when you jumped in and like you mentioned it was early on, was that pretty early on for the TPT community? Like not a lot of other sellers were using Pinterest at that time? You know, it, it really wasn't. Um, I, I think a lot of people who started at 2012, 2011, 2012, those were the early pioneers. Um, so by the time I hopped on on 2014, um, there, there were quite a few things on Pinterest, but Pinterest worked a little bit differently back then. So um, everybody who followed me saw what I was pinning. And things are a little bit different now. So I was lucky in that aspect. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot that changes on social media over the years, which is good. It's a good thing we're not stagnant, but it makes it a little tough. So let's talk about some foundational elements that work now for, let's say, we and we have a lot in our Facebook group. And a lot of these questions actually came out of the Facebook group. And if you want to be a part of that, that's simplepinmedia.com slash Facebook. But a lot of them were just thoroughly confused, like, how do I even get started? So I thought, let's start back on those foundational elements by setting up the profile. So how would you tell somebody today to optimize their profile if they're just getting started? Yeah. So that's actually a really important point. Um, you want to make sure that you are identifying your niche or niche, depending how you say it. <laughs> I like niche. So let's go with that. <laughs> and your specialty um, in your profile. So in the about you area, you want to make sure that you state what your niche is and your niche and um, what your specialty is and tell your readers what they're going to gain from viewing your boards or pins and what problem you're going to solve for them. So a lot of teachers are really stretched for time. Um, they're stressed out. So you may want to mention something like um, teaching strategies, easy things to do in the classroom, and use those keywords like teaching strategies and upper elementary teachers for me because I'm upper elementary. And you can also use the search bar on Pinterest to see what terms relating to your niche teachers are searching for, and you can use those in your bio. Okay, got it. Are there any... So after we've got our foundation for the profile set up, we've used those keywords. And I was looking at yours just now too. And I like that you did use that upper elementary teachers and educational resources, yeah. teaching strategies. Yes. Really, really good. 
Okay, now that we have that set up, tell us about boards. And are there any specific boards that this new person should focus on creating? Yes. So I would suggest, first of all, creating two boards to start out of the gate. So the first board, if you have a blog, and if you don't have a blog, don't stress, it's okay. But if you have a blog, you want to create a board just for your blog pins. And then I also created a board just for my TPT store. So those are my two main boards. And then I pin off of those um, for repinning purposes. Um, And then Outside of those two boards, you want to create boards that are specific to your niche. So, for example, I'm not going to create a board for um, high school biology because that's not my area. But I will create boards that I know upper elementary teachers will be searching for. So, maybe uh, fourth grade math, fifth grade math, third grade math. Um, and I, I just create boards that are specific to what I know upper elementary teachers are going to be needing. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm looking through your boards at all the different ones that you have, even STEM activities for elementary classrooms. I mean, that's really yes. specific, but really good because that's exactly what people are searching. Right, exactly. Okay, so... Our new TPT seller has their profile set up. They have uh, some boards set up and the names of their boards are very keyword targeted. Then let's talk a little bit about pin descriptions. And in this, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse. We're going to talk about images in a second. But for pin descriptions, what is the best way for a TPT seller to really optimize that description? So uh, I think the best thing to do is get really familiar with a search bar on Pinterest. And I think a lot of times um, we forget that Pinterest actually is a search engine of its own. And um, if we, we type into that search bar a term that teacher is going to be using the most when they're searching for your particular product, your resource, your idea... And use that. And then below that search bar, you're going to see some suggested terms come up. What I do is I make a list of all of those terms that apply to my pin or poster product. And then I use those terms to write an easy to read description that's really inviting. So that's the best way to optimize it. And I've also begun experimenting with hashtags. And I'm adding those hashtags to the end of the pin description. Um, after I've done the search-friendly pin description, I add hashtags. So I've just started experimenting with that. Yeah, and we can link to the podcast we just did recently um, with Jennifer Priest. She went through all how to do hashtags, how to test them. And we'll link to that in the show notes because those are really important to test right now and to get out in front of you know what how people are marketing with it. And we're still figuring that out. So that's really, really good to think about. The other thing I want to mention, expand on a little bit more is you talked about the search bar. And I so agree. It's a very underutilized tool. And if anybody ever tries to market like a keyword search tool for Pinterest and they want to charge you money, don't don't buy it because we have it in here in the search bar. And what's really cool is that um, Pinterest has it divided up into three sections, your recent searches, um, some ideas for you, things that they're suggesting you might like to search. Look at those keywords because that's keyword phrases that they want you, they think you're interested in. And then trending ideas. That'll be this whole list of things that people are searching on Pinterest. And so really, really pay attention to those terms, especially as a applies to your niche because that's like a goldmine of information. 
Yeah, and with those trending terms, that's really a great, great place. If you if you have a blog and you're not sure what to be blogging about, um, you can get some inspiration from there. Um, so that's a great idea. And well. seasonal. I'm sure teachers have a lot of seasonal components to their resources. You know, especially right now as we're recording this, we're going into fall and Halloween and apples. There's so much during this time frame that you can use as a key part of your keyword strategy that relates to seasons. Absolutely. Okay, so you mentioned this in the beginning when you were talking about something you clued into right away, and that was the vertical sized image. And to pin that versus like a, a store image that's small and, you know, square. So walk us through that and what you would tell somebody to create as far as the best Pinterest image. Okay. So for uh, TPT sellers, um, and we refer to them as teacher authors, really pinning covers directly from your store is not a best practice. Um, it just tends to look spammy and it, it's just a huge sales pitch. So I really suggest creating a pin with a two to three ratio. And actually that's the dimensions, Kate, that you gave us at that conference um, back in California. And um, the two to three ratio really works great and looks perfect on mobile. And I've experimented with um, different things regarding that two to three ratio. A lot of people create their pins in Canva or in, you know, other apps. I'm kind of old fashioned. I make all of my pins in PowerPoint because that's what I'm familiar with. And that's what I create all of my products with. And so I set up a PowerPoint template with, um, I think I did eight inches across by 12 inches up and down. And I make my pin on there. I have a template now that's kind of my go-to and I can just push in new uh, images and change the titles. And then I save it as a JPEG. And that's what I upload for my pin. Okay. I love I love that you're doing a different method and it works for you because you don't have to learn something new like Canva or PicMonkey or any one of those. Okay, so here's here's some questions for you on that image and some things I've seen with TPT um, teacher authors. So one of the things I see is a lot of busyness going on. Like there's a lot of images and I can't <laughs> tell. So Again, what would you tell somebody to avoid going down that route? That is such a big mistake that so many people make. And I made it in the beginning too. Like I said, I made a lot of mistakes at the start. Um, and in my course group, we have a group on Facebook as well. Um, that's one of the things we talk about with our covers for TPT is your cover cannot be too busy. Like have one good image or a really strong image and a very easy to read title because people are scrolling through search results and they don't have time to stop and read all the little tiny words and look at little tiny images. It's exactly the same thing for Pinterest. So um, get rid of the busyness. Now, if somebody were to look at my Pinterest account and scroll back to my older pins, they're really, really bad. And I made this mistake. I have tried everything. I tried collages. I've tried different um, types of images, different fonts. And really, truly, the thing that I have found that works best for me is one large photo of my finished product or image of my finished product with a title at the top, which is in bold block letters. 
and maybe a couple of words at the bottom. And for me, those are the pins that get the most results. Yeah, I'm noticing. I'm looking through them now. And I like that it's very clear. There's not too many images. And I think that's a big thing. Like when you look at, when you go into Canva or any of these programs, they have these templates and sometimes they have multiple spaces for images. So we feel this like urge to fill them up. But I agree with you. Like when people are searching through their search feed, if they can't see it or if their eye doesn't rest on it because there's enough space, they just go past it. Right. And really, I think part of part of our need to do that to show everything is we all think that our product is the best thing out there. Like we think that everybody will want it. Everybody wants to see every piece of it. Well, if we're trying to showcase every piece of it, nobody's going to stop to look at it. So pick one good piece of it and showcase that piece so people will click through to see the rest. Okay. So I also have a question here about branding or logos or URLs or any of that. What have you found works for you to add to the pin image? Do you add your logo? Do you add your name, URL? What do you find is best? I personally don't put my logo on most of my pins. And I know a lot of people, you know, like that's the best practice Mm -hmm. for many people. For me, I feel like it's just important to make sure that my name is on it somewhere. Um, And that's just where I'm at. And I may choose to move over to adding a logo later. Um, But my website is also verified. So, you know, as far as my blog pins, those automatically come over from there. So... They do. And you have rich pins. So that's important. I see where it's at. Okay, so we want a vertical image, not a lot going on, not a lot of busyness, very clean, easy to read font. What as far as font, what would you tell the user to put on but um, uses the words? Would you tell them a lot of words or little words? What's your real guiding principle when it comes to adding text? Um, for me, what I choose is just the basic idea or the title of what it is. So if it's um, a, a packet of Halloween math um, sheets, worksheets or printables, I just write Halloween math at the top, just so people get an idea. Um, And if it's something that is like no prep or easy to use or print and go, I generally also try to highlight that somewhere on the pin as well. Like no prep. That's a big, you know, draw. But um, as far as projects go that aren't no prep, you could do um, fun project or something like that that is really going to going to solve a problem as far as time or as far as getting your students interest in the classroom. So I noticed in some of your images too, you have the word editable. Is that something that is really important to teachers to know that they can edit it? Yes, that is a huge thing right now with many resources. Now, if you don't have editable resources, don't feel like you have to go out and make them right now. Um, But if you do have editable resources, you probably want to highlight that aspect because I'm getting so many more requests this year than ever before. Um, about whether a product is being editable or not. Okay, that's that's really good to know. Okay, so let's jump into strategy kind of daily pinning. That again, creates a lot of confusion for people. So our new person has everything set up, they're good to go on images. 
Now, you referenced this in the beginning too about if you don't have a blog yet, that's okay. And that seems to be a big hurdle for people is where do I send the Pinterest user? Do I send them to the blog or do I send them to a store? And if they just have a store, should they aim to get a blog down the road? Can you kind of walk us through that process for you and maybe what direction you would send them over the course of a couple of years if it takes that long? Yeah, sure. And I can only speak to my own experience. Um, Other people may have different journeys. But for me personally, um, I did not have a blog right out of the gate. And um, when I did add the blog, it was in my first year of TPT. But when I did have the blog, it was awful. Like I just, I didn't know what I was too, by the way. (laughs) It was horrible. (laughs) And so... um, I, I really didn't know how to utilize that blog. And blogging for me, it's still my weak area. I've already determined 2019 is going to be the year of blog for me. <laughs> but um, it's still just, it's not, it's not my priority at this point. So what I really suggest is if you don't have a blog, you know, don't stress over it, but consider adding one in the future at some point. And personally, what I do is I send traffic to both. I pin from my blog and I also pin directly to my store. Um, I feel like a lot of my traffic on TPT comes from Pinterest. And in fact, um, it used to be the case when we had, I I had this data before, but I couldn't find it recently. Um, TPT's number one um, source of traffic was um, Pinterest in general for the whole site. Um, now, whether that's still the case or not, I don't know. I strongly suspect that it is. But so for that reason alone, I feel like there is value in pinning directly to your store. Okay. So let's actually walk through that process for, let's say the new user is like most, they just have a store, they don't have a blog set up. What would be the workflow for them from they've created the product Now they want to get it onto Pinterest. What are the steps that they should take? So once you've uploaded your product, and actually this is one of the points that I touch on in my course, um, a product is not finished until you've created a pin for it. And so after you've finished your product and you've uploaded it to your store, you want to create that vertical pin image. And once again, I use 8 by 12 in PowerPoint to make mine and I save it as a JPEG. So now I have a JPEG image. I'm going to go to Pinterest and I'm going to add a pin. You're going to click on add a pin and you will upload that image that you created. And then you're going to type in the search-friendly description that you wrote using the search bar on Pinterest and then hashtags if you choose to use those. And then you will have a space in there where it will ask you for a link. You'll copy and paste the link from your product directly into that box for your new pin and you will submit it and then it should link right through to your new product. Okay. And is there a board that you usually start with? Yes. So when I am creating, when I've created a new product, I'm going to add that new pin for that product on my store board. And then later when I go to repin that pin, that's the board that I repin out of. 
Okay, got it. And are you using this is kind of a side note? So if you're new here, just tuck this away. Are you using Tailwind to, to schedule your pins from there? I am. Okay. Yes, I am. That's great. Now, I didn't always. Yeah, I didn't always use Tailwind. So if you don't have that, don't stress either. You can definitely manually do it. It just saves me a lot of time. Yes, it does for sure. Okay, so we've got this workflow and we've uploaded it to a your board and we've pinned it. Now, the biggest hurdle I find for people who are new with Pinterest is they feel like that's the end. They can never pin it again. So how often do you pin that pin? And then where to what other boards are you pinning it to? Right. So um, let's say how often do I it depends on the time of year, first of all. So um if it's if it's a time relevant pin, for example, we have Halloween coming up. So I'm going to be sharing that pin quite a bit more right now than I would be in April. And so what I do is I will go to my storeboard and I will share that pin out. Um, and once again, just depending on how close that season is, um, I will share that pin out to different boards that are relevant. So if it's a Halloween math board, I'm going to pin it out to maybe fifth grade math and then maybe tomorrow to upper elementary math and then maybe, you know, a couple days later to um, math ideas. So that's how I approach it. I don't have a true science behind it, but um, that's how I do it. And it has worked for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the the things that new users do struggle with is they're looking for an exact science and a way to do it. And it really just depends on how the audience is engaging with your content and what it looks like for your store and for your profile. So for you, it might be 24 hours. For somebody else, it might be two days. I do like the 24-hour time frame to start with, especially if you're just getting started because it's going to take you some time to see, okay, what are the Pinterest users interacting with? What do they like? What do they not like? And starting with just a time frame is good. And I'll also say this too, because we've worked with some teacher authors as well, and I know that there is a need to find a quick system, right? To find a system right away. And I'll say there isn't a whole lot you can get wrong about Pinterest. The only thing you can get wrong is by not doing it. And so if you're consistently adding your pins, you're doing it right. And then you just have to watch and observe. Yeah. And and when I first, you know, started with Pinterest, honestly, like I was busy. I was teaching full time. You know, I had I have four kids and I was busy at church. I didn't have time to do all the things. So, I know like every time I was standing in line at the grocery store, that was Pinterest time. And <laughs> that that was how I did it. Like I would just stand there and manually repin because I didn't have, you know, an automated system in place. And it was okay. Like it worked okay for me at the time. Yeah, you'll just get better as you go along. And I think exactly. the biggest hurdle is just getting started and getting it kind of out of your mind space that you have to get it right. You don't have to get this right. You just have to do it. That's it. Right. You know, and it, I always say if we're waiting to be perfect, we're going to be waiting forever. <laughs> so yes. just it's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. I totally agree with you. Okay, so... Now that this person has their pins from their store up and running, and now they're ready to wade into the water of adding a blog. 
So tell me a little bit about how you get both the store content and the blog content onto Pinterest. Okay, so with my blog content, and once again, this is not my strong area, but I am working on it. I feel like I'm improving. But with my blog content, I have a pin that is right in my post. And I have the description right um, connected to that pin so that when somebody goes to pin that image, it automatically takes that search-friendly description with it. So that's how I pin from my blog. And um, that's how other people can pin from my blog as well. As far as the store, I know that there are teachers who will pin, like they'll go onto my store and they'll see a product they like and they'll pin that cover to their own board. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And that's, that's why our covers also need to be not too busy as well. Yeah, I think you bring up a really great point is that once people start to follow you and you begin to get an audience, they will share for you because they find what you're creating so useful, they want to remember it. Right. So making it super easy for them to share. So with your blog and, you know, you kind of, you know, you had said you haven't focused too much on it, but as you view your blog as a tool... Do you see it as more of a place to warm up the use, warm up the buyer? Yes. Yeah. So when I first started my blog, um, I, I, I looked at it as a sales pitch. And now it's more of a way to help and a way to inspire and give ideas. Um, so, for example, I do a lot of close reading products. Now, a lot of teachers will need help with having students comprehend at a higher level. So I spent a lot of time creating a post telling readers how to implement close reading strategies. And they didn't have to buy anything from me in order to use those strategies. But at the bottom of the post, then I I did add, you know, if you are interested in the close reading toolkit, here's where you can get it. Um, And then, so teachers will connect with you and follow you. And the thing is, you give yourself credibility um, as an expert in your field, whatever that may be, by writing those helpful blog posts where teachers can really get the help that they need. Yeah, that's a good point. Establishing authority is really important. I mean, why should they buy from you? That's essentially the question that they're asking. Right. So going into 2019 with your goals, how often would you create new content? for the blog? Um, My goal for 2019 for me is once a week, which um, for me, that's going to be a huge improvement because like I blog maybe six times a year right now. Um, (laughs) Terrible. But I really, I want to do a better job serving my audience in that way. And do you come up with for 2019 strategy wise, have you been coming up with um, ideas or creating an editorial calendar? Um, yeah, I have a list of running ideas. I have not nailed down exactly what those will be right now. But I, I would also suggest, you know, if you're looking for content that you want to write that is going to help teachers, look at your TPT store. What are your top 10 sellers? And obviously, people are buying those for a reason. So what helpful content could you give that would be related to those things that people are searching for? So I've kind of done that and I've come up with some really um, post post ideas that I think are going to be really helpful. 
And sometimes just creating an editorial calendar for us. I know we just do one in Google Sheets and put a date and a title. And that's pretty much it. So it's just kind of our guide. And we move things around all the time. And we do the once per week. And sometimes it's hard to come up with ideas. But if you have a Facebook group at all, or if you have any way to contact your audience, or like you said, looking at the top 10 products that you sell create spinoffs or ask people, what did you like about this product? Is there something else that I can create? Really trying to mine information from your customers to be able to hit on their, their solve their biggest pain points. Definitely. And I also look um, at the blog posts that I have that are currently doing really well. Like I have one um, for how to make a lap book. So I may expand on that in the future um, of different other things people can do regarding lap books. Okay. I think the cool part that this leads us into is evaluating the success of your strategy. Because for you, you're looking at what's selling, what's getting a lot of traffic from Pinterest to the blog. What are your favorite metrics to use to guide your success? And where do you find those? Yeah, so um, that's kind of a tough one. I am a very reflective person. And I do like data, but I don't delve as deeply into data as many of my friends do. Um, It's also tough, too, because, first of all, teachers cannot purchase on the mobile version of TPT. Um, It's because of Apple limitations. And so um, teachers can wish list on mobile, but they can't actually make a purchase on their phone. So that kind of... um, I feel like it messes with the metrics a little bit. It messes with the data because people might click through from your, your pin and look at your product and add it to your to their wish list. And then a couple of days later, come back to it when they're on their laptop or whatever and purchase it then. So it is not going to show up if it's out of that 24-hour time period. There's a 24-hour time period where it will show up on your TPD dashboard if they um, clicked through from Pinterest or uh, from a promoted pin. But if they don't come back to it within 24 hours, it's not going to show up. Okay, that's difficult. So that's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, that is tricky. Um, and so I, I really would suggest, my advice would be to watch actually your wish list numbers, um, especially if you're promoting a pin or if you're getting you know a lot of click-throughs on a specific pin, just keep tabs on the wish list numbers for those promoted pins because I strongly suspect that a lot of people are wish listing and coming back later and purchasing. Yeah, we had a lot of questions about promoted pins and their new switch oh, to one tap. Yeah. So for those of you who are new and you're just getting your feet wet on this, don't worry about promoted pins yet. And for those of you who are listening who are advanced like Shelly, we will cover that topic. We're actually in talks with Pinterest. I'm going to see if um, our Pinterest rep that we work with will come on and we can talk about that and get some case studies going on. Because I know that has been a big, big thing that's happened. They just migrated to what's called OneTap in August. And basically, that means that um, a typical user experience with a promoted pin before would be you would click on it, and then you would get a close up, and then you could decide if you were going to click on it. Well, now you click on it, and it goes directly to the site that that person is promoting. So it's a little bit of an interesting experience and it can cost more because people are clicking on it, assuming there's the close-up and there's not the close-up. They're at the site. So it's a little bit of a jarring experience for usual Pinterest experience or experienced Pinterest users. 
So it's just going to take some time for people to identify promoted pins or like, you know, kind of get it into the ecosystem, I think. And I'm not, I'm not giving up on no, that. No, I'm not um, either. I have not seen off. I'm, I'm still seeing click-throughs. I'm still seeing traffic. Um, I, I feel like my spend is more, but I've put a daily limit on it. So I know what I'm going to be spending and it's okay. Yeah, I love it. That's good. Okay. So here's a question that somebody did ask and I kind of, I put this in there um, under the strategy piece, but somebody said, if there aren't really good metrics to use, how do you evaluate your financial and time investment in this? I thought that was such a wise question. How much time do you spend investing in your Pinterest strategy to where it's not costing you too much? Yeah. So um, as far as I have a budget, that is my monthly budget, first of all. So my money investment on that side, I know how much I can spend. And so I personally set a daily limit on those pins. I don't do a lifetime limit. That's just what I do. But as far as my time investment, I know that I'm my number one driver of traffic because I can see it on my TPT dashboard is still coming from Pinterest. So for me, the time investment is worth it. Um, I, I strongly suggest people continue to use that. Um, but I also suggest using the UTM codes that you can create on, um, on TPT to track. And I didn't talk about this earlier when I talk about metrics, but you can create a UTM code. And that can track um, specific pins to see if they are actually driving traffic to okay, your Okay. And you simply just add the end of that code. You know, when you'd walk through uploading the image, putting in the link, you just add that code at the end of the link, correct? Well, what they do is they actually have a UTM builder right on your TPT dashboard. So you can just copy and paste the link of the product. And you can name your pin, whatever you want to name it. So you know what that code is for. And it will give you the whole link, including the code. So then you just copy and paste that UTM link into your pin instead of the regular link. Very, very smart. I like that. The deeper you can go, which like you said, there's some limitations to the online system and all that. So anything else you can add to it is really a smart move. Okay, so we're going to jump a little bit back to Tailwind. We did talk about them as a scheduler. And that is basically just something that you would use to pin to so that you're not having to remember to schedule. You can basically sit down on Sunday, schedule out all your pins to different boards for the week and not have... It's basically a, a mind easer, if you will. You don't have to worry about that. Um, an element of that that they have is called Tribes. And Tribes is fairly new. It's about um, a year old or so, but it allows you to collaborate with other people to share your pins to and from a particular tribe. So we had a lot of questions about this. So number one, do you use Tribes? And if so, do you find that they've been successful for you? Yes, I do use Tribes. Um, I use them. I, I like them a lot. And the reason that I like them is I try very hard to keep about 20% of my pins that I'm pinning out to be um, not product related. And because I don't have a strong blog like at currently, it's really easy for me to go into a tribe and to find somebody else's blog pin that is going to help my audience and to share that out, to schedule it. 
So for me, it's a source where I can find really um, great pins that I like, and I can also be helping my friends by sharing out their content. Um, so for me, it's helpful in that way. And for my blog posts that I have pins for, I can add those to those tribes and they get shared quite a bit more um, by putting them in the tribes. People can share them out. Okay, so this touches on the the whole topic of outside content. Yes. And that gets into, the, you know, where we're going with this one. That gets into yep. wading into the fear of competition and yes. a sale. So how do you build that good community over competition, um, I guess, feeling within the tribe where people feel like you do. I mean, it's really surprising to hear you say like, I I go into the tribes. I'm really excited to pin these things. I'm excited to pin my friend stuff. Um, But there's a lot of fear around that. So how did you move past that? Right. So I think this is one of the most difficult points for for teacher authors to understand. Um, Why should they pin anything except their own product pins? And um, it's really hard. So we talked about this in my group as well. Um, It's just really important to serve our teacher audience. We don't want to constantly be selling them a or throwing a sale into their face. We want to share ideas and strategies with them that have nothing to do with the product. Teachers need help. So when you when they see that you're there to help them, once again, your credibility goes up and they become more loyal. Um, so I I personally I won't share somebody else's product pin that is exactly in competition with mine. I just wouldn't do that. Um, I. I probably would encourage nobody else to do that as well, um, unless you're really, really nice. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like I I have no problem at all with sharing other people's blog posts, their ideas, their freebies, um, things that are really going to serve my audience. Because once again, it builds my credibility um, with my audience. And it, you know, if you want other people to be sharing your things as well. You know, you have to just to build that sense of community and to help each other out. I just, I strongly feel that um, there is room for everybody. And we, when we help each other, it's just a win-win situation. Yes, I love that. And I agree too, because, you know, sometimes we're so afraid of losing a sale or losing a customer or whatever that we're almost become hyper-focused on that instead of focusing on great you know, all the ships in the harbor rise, like the great reciprocity piece. And I think tribes has the ability to do that. So do you own any of your own tribes or do you just participate in? Okay, so what are your rules for those? So my rule is a one-to-one or no, I'm sorry, it's a two-to-one at this point. I had to change it and I have had to have discussions with my group. Um, you know, you're, you're pinning too many products. So the rule is um, two freebies or, you know, authentic ideas or strategy pins for every product pin that you post. So it, once again, though, it's hard. I, I have to watch it because a lot of people just don't understand why we would want to share anything except products. Um, but I do keep, it is close to just the members of my group. So I keep, you know, I keep the numbers under wraps because the larger a tribe gets, the more difficult it's, it is 
to keep it under control. It's hard to manage. And when people ask me that question, you know, why would I pin anything more than my own product? I really remind that th- them that Pinterest users are they're not quite primed to buy right away. Like if they come to the TPT site and they're looking for a specific product, they are ready to buy. But if they're a Pinterest user, they're more in discovery and gathering mode. So the more opportunity we can give them to connect with us or to establish authority like you talked about, or to even just give them great resources, the greater they um the greater chance that they'll buy from us in the future or they'll follow us or they'll see us as a trusted resource so it's they don't want to be sold to all the time and they're not ready to buy you won't make that sale i absolutely agree and i wanted to add one more point um regarding connecting with your audience if you don't have a blog let's suppose you have a really great reading strategy that you want to share there's nothing to say that you couldn't do a blog post type of product. And, you know, write a blog post and write down the steps to the strategy and post it as a product in your store as a freebie. And that's definitely something that you could pin out there and share to just connect with your audience at a deeper level. Uh, okay. And with this is this is a, like a more advanced question. Okay. So with all of that, do you collect email addresses of people who buy your products or come to your blog? Okay. So we cannot collect email addresses through TPT. That information is not available to us. But I definitely collect email addresses of people coming to my blog. I have several freebie opt-ins. Um, and then I make a pin for those freebies. And um in order to get the free uh, resource, teachers will provide me with their email. So I'm growing my email list. I feel like that's a really valuable tool that's underutilized a lot. Okay. The last question I want to ask you, and this is one that I get all the time, is, is there a magic number of how many pins per day you should be pinning? Um, Personally, for me, I pin 30 pins a day. And I generally schedule them out for two weeks at a time. I don't feel like there's a magic, magic number, but for me, 30 pins is what works. And um, I have them optimized for the time of day that teachers are most likely to be on Pinterest, which for me is early morning and late evening and a few throughout the day. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense because they're teaching. (laughs) So obviously they're not on in the middle of the day. Hopefully they're not. Yeah, exactly. But I do understand like during a prep, a teacher might be on, you know, looking for an idea, which is totally fine. Um, but generally speaking, the, the majority of our teachers are, for me, are late evening, early morning. Okay. I feel like there's already so much good stuff in this episode that if somebody's new, we could base, they're fully set up by now. They can walk through. And I, is there anything else that you would tell somebody who's just starting out? Yeah. So I would just say, start. Don't let your fear of doing things wrong or doing things incorrectly stop you. I often wonder, what if I had never just gathered the courage to just start? You know, I would still be stuck in a, in a kind of a bad situation and I wouldn't be experiencing life as I know it now. My advice is just start. There is room for everyone. There is room for everyone to grow and you can make this happen, but you're going to make mistakes along the way and that's okay. Mm, good advice. Okay. So you have something pretty cool coming up. Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, I do. I'm super excited. So last October, I did a free TPT Sellers Challenge. And it was a bingo challenge. And on the bingo board, there's all these little tasks. And once the sellers uh, completed um, a bingo, they were eligible for a drawing. I had prizes like of gift cards and things like that. So I'm running this free challenge again. And I'm very excited. It's going to start on October 1st, and it will run for the whole month of October. Any TPT seller is welcome to join us, no matter your level of expertise. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. This is a great pace for those of you who are listening, who are just starting out. This is a great free resource. You're not spending any money. Join in with this. And we will have the link to that in the show notes. And you can find the show notes and all the information at simplepinmedia.com slash 117. In addition, what I'll do in this um, show notes is I will link to the Facebook group and to get to be a part of that Facebook group, it's simplepinmedia.com slash Facebook. So we'll put a link to the thread where I asked for TP2 questions for this podcast. And it is long. There is a lot. We got a lot of feedback. I was actually really surprised. And Melody, who runs my Facebook group, said, I really think you need a podcast about getting set up on TPT and how, you know, connecting with Pinterest and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just ask. And I feel like there's like 40 comments on this. Yeah. It's, it's a great thread. Yeah, it is. It's really great. So Shelly, thanks so much for coming on and talking through this with me. Where can people go to connect with you more? Yeah, thank you for having me. So people can connect with me. Um, my TPT store is my name, Shelly Reese. And my blog is um, Appletastic Learning. So those, those are the two main places you can find me. And then you can find Shelly's Pinterest page and all of that if you go to Appletastic Learning. So thanks so much again. And you guys can find all the show notes and information at simplepinmedia.com slash 117. Thanks so much, Shelly. Thank you. Have a great week.